پردور پادکست Welcome back to the Pelador podcast. Uh, so here we are back again with another club review from some really, really good finals over the weekend, actually. So we have myself and Ross have chatted to experts in the counties of Kildare, Galway, Derry and Offaly to give us the lowdown of the four club finals that took uh, took place this weekend in those counties. Uh, some really good chats, the lads who came on. Uh, reviewed them really well and uh, it's good in-depth analysis so we hope you enjoy this and uh, we'll be in touch soon thanks a lot so the new bridge stranglehold has been broken in from kfm with us to discuss it jer what were your thoughts on it yeah well a great day for the tie um as you said it has been a stranglehold uh on the Caldera championship by the two Newbridge clubs sarsfields and moorfield over the last a number of years, it was a tie where, where the last side outside of those two to win the title back in 2011. And um, at that stage, a tie had a, a number of really young, exciting players coming through back in 2011. Um, the likes of David Hyland, Kevin Feely, Niall Kelly, um, Lee McGovern has been there a long time as well. Like They were all there back in 2011. And uh, I think the, the, a lot of them would have been part of a minor team that won three championships in a row. And everything kind of seemed set for a tie to have a, a spell of dominance. Um, but then I suppose Sarsfields and Moorfield have set the bar so high that it's just been a tie had fallen short a little bit since then they've had a few unlucky defeats in big games years and haven't quite been able to get over the, the line uh, but they did so yesterday um, yeah and, and they, as much as possible uh, during these COVID times that they celebrated widely on the pitch um, no supporters allowed on to, to mingle with them afterwards but uh, great celebrations amongst the players themselves and yeah, it's a win that'll be remembered for a long, long time by the Thai club. Yeah, I saw, I saw the players and the pitch and everything with the with yeah. the red, the red colours and everything. Uh, it looked great, crack. Uh, the Thai got off to a great start. They they went into it was a four or five point lead. Yeah, they scored the first four points of the game inside the opening ten minutes, and uh, yeah, really blistering start. Uh, and um, it's something that I'm sure they focused on because thinking back to the 2018 final, they conceded a couple of very goals, and they have done uh, that as well in a semi final against Morfield a couple of years ago as well. And uh, they, they found themselves chasing those games before they even got any sort of a foothold in it. So it's something that I'm sure they were keen to do and uh, keen to avoid the mistakes past. And they did start. Uh, then a couple of wides started creeping into the game. They, they weren't quite as clinical uh, as they showed in those early stages. Moorfield found a way back into the game. Uh, Moorfield ended up missing a couple of big chances, like they missed a goal chance late in the first half through Callahan, um, but still got back level late in the half before the tie went in a point ahead. Um, then in the second half, they had two big goal chances, Moorfield. Uh, Kieran Kelly was through. Uh, a quick free kick by Ian O'Connor and, and he did really Kieran Kamari just hit the inside of the post uh, six inches the other side it would have been in the back of the net and it would have been a huge moment but um, yeah then Ian O'Connor missed the goal chance although it, it was a good save that denied him James Roycroft made a really good save following a, a really quick kind of incisive Moorfield attack that got O'Connor in um, but like I said, the, the longer the game developed, the more it seems you know it was going down a similar route from Moorfield. They were back level by the second half water break. They only went ahead for the first time in the game in the 51st minute through Aina O'Connor. A tie quickly leveled up again at, um, at um, nine points apiece. And then Moorfield came down again in the 52nd minute and went ahead for the second time in the game at 10-9. And um, yeah, at that stage, it was just in familiar territory it looked like Moorfield were kicking for home at that stage of the game 
Uh, but then the goal came for a tie. It was obviously the big moment of the game. Um, and, you know, as I said, Murfield had missed their three goal chances. A tie waited till the 54th minute to get their first real sighting of goal and was their substitute, Danny O'Keefe. Um, he was only on the pitch because my, a, a tie star man, Niall Kelly, got injured. You know, he went off in the second half with what looked like a serious-looking ankle injury. And again, that kind of just added to the feeling that everything was starting to go Murfield's way. But then, of course, uh, does the, the fate did smile on a tie for, for this day because it was uh, Kelly's replacement, Danny O'Keefe, who popped up the goal. And, you know, he, he was sent through on goal with a clever little flick by James Eaton. But it's one of those ones where he was kind of bearing down on goal. He had a lot of time to kind of think about it. And uh, sometimes they're the ones that catch the forwards out when, when they have too much time to think about it. But um, and I was actually actually very similar kind of position, albeit on the other side, uh, to Kieran Kelly's chance earlier in the half. And, a game is decided on fine margins. You know, Kelly's shot hit the inside of the pounce, hit the inside of the post, and bounced away to safety. Uh, O'Keefe's shot found the side netting on the inside of the net, and a brilliant goal. And from that moment on, a tie were, were in control. Yeah, and, and so I was just reading different accounts of the match yesterday, and one name that keep popping up in all the posts was a uh, uh, ex Kildare senior footballer, Mick Foley. He seems to be uh, rolling back the years with a fantastic performance yesterday. I saw a few videos of some great blocks he uh, put in as well. Yeah, well, he, he was the captain back in 2011 when a, a tie last won the title. Uh, that was also the year that he won his all star for his performances for Kildare. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's been a real stalwart for a tie. He, he he was the leader for that team even back then, and as, even more so now as, as the kind of years progressed and he stepped away from the intercounty scene, um, but never kind of wavered in his commitment to the club. And yeah, yeah like yesterday really was the, the crowning glory in his career, and, and even going right down to the very last seconds of the game. And um, there's a couple of videos going around. He made one very very good fingertip interception, kind of, and uh, whatever I say, maybe ten minutes or so to go in the game. But then right in the last action of the match, um, Morfield kind of worked the situation that, that, that they like to use very well. Um, they, they got the ball, I think it was Adam Tyrrell who played the ball in, and Aaron Masterson, who was their six foot four, six foot five midfielder, found himself on the edge of the square, one-on-one -on -one with Foley with a high ball landing in on top of him. And uh, he maybe would have favoured Masterson, but Foley kept his eye on the ball. And, uh, he was even falling backwards, and he, how he managed to hold on to it and gathered that ball was absolutely fantastic. And the final whistle blew seconds later, but that, you know, that had fallen another way. It could have been a, a goal for Murfield, an equalising goal right in the death uh, in injury time, but Foley made sure that wasn't to be. And that uh, clinched him out of the match award, although I think he probably would have caught it anyway, even before that final catch, because he was just uh, turned in an all round excellent display. I think he, he maybe is talking about hanging up the boots, but uh, if that's the way he's going to go out, that is going out in some style. Certainly, yeah, he's a great, great way to end it. Uh, so I suppose a great day for a tie looking towards championship, inter county championship still there. Uh, what sort of players now looking at, at the championship as a whole who kind of stood out as some of the, the best performers? Um, well, I was kind of thinking yesterday before the game going in that it, you know that when we're asked to pick a kind of senior championship player of the year, and obviously it generally comes for the the winning side. So I was kind of thinking going into the final yesterday that it was a battle between the two forwards, Nia Kelly and Aina O'Connor, who had uh, had superb championships, and whoever kind of shone on the day maybe would take that accolade as the uh, the senior championship player of the year. Um, as it is, you know, Nia Kelly and Atai are, are the victors, so maybe he he will be strongly in the running for that, I'd imagine, when, when we do come to pick those, because he, he had an excellent championship. Uh, he, he had a couple of bad wides, actually, yesterday now, but uh, even around, the, you know, aside from those, I thought he was excellent, very lively and always a real menace, and he, he looked fitter and sharper than, I think, at any stage. That is, of course, until he, he picked up that ankle injury, and, and unfortunately, at the moment, for Kildare, um, 
uh, you know, being a Kildare forward at this at this time seems to be a, a really dangerous occupation because there's a number of forwards now going into the the intercounty championship um, who are, are carrying injuries and like that looked a bad knock for for Niall Kelly. Um, I'm not quite sure at the severity of it, but it, it you know he left the ground the crutches uh, and he was although he was doing his best to be involved in the celebrations as much as he could. Um, it, it looked a bad one and Jack Robinson. As well at intermediate level, uh, his side Koharinko won the championship on uh, earlier on Saturday, just before that, a tie in Moorfield game. They won by a single point, a huge victory for them there. So they're into the senior championship for the first ever time. But Jack took no part in that game because of a hamstring injury that was aggravated in their in their semi-final win the, uh, the previous week. It's a, an injury that's been carrying for a few weeks. So then there's lots of injuries out somewhere. You know, Jack Robinson, Niall Kelly, Daniel Flynn has been carrying a hamstring injury. Neil Flynn as well has, has also been carrying a hamstring injury so um, you know with all those injury worries mounting up I, I would even press more for the case for Aino O'Connor maybe being included because um, even though he was on the losing side on Saturday he was the one that really was carrying the fight for Moorfield and if they were going to get over the line and get the victory it was O'Connor who, who was going to shoot them there um, he, he's been outstanding in, throughout this championship uh, both from particularly from dead balls, his free-taking is absolutely, you know, unmatched in Kildare, I think, at the moment. He's, he's absolutely superb from the ground, but also a very good uh, player from, from open play as well. And, um, you know, he, he was very, I suppose, disappointed probably with uh, his kind of brief uh, spell in a Kildare jersey previously. Uh, he obviously didn't feature too much after that Carlo defeat. He had a bit of a nightmare game that day, uh, but that was, you know, only one half of football. It, it certainly is not a reflection on what Aino O'Connor can bring as a footballer. And, and I'd look forward to seeing what he could do in a white jersey if he does get the opportunity. Yes, maybe his dad will have a worry with him. Um, yeah. Just reflect, I suppose, looking at Moorfield, I, I should have asked more about them just before we finish up there. So, uh, this is the second year Moorfield haven't won the championship. Is this a time of transition for them? Uh, is there maybe a changing of the guard, I suppose, with other clubs coming into the four a little bit more? The Kildare Championship? Um, well, the one thing I won't do is write Moorfield off because they, they have a habit of making people look very, very foolish when they do that. Um, but it does kind of feel, you know, I'm not going to say the end of an era, but it, it, there's a lot of players maybe coming to the end of the line. Um, you know, people like Daryl Flynn was the substitute, didn't see he hasn't got a huge amount of football this year. Uh, David White didn't come on yesterday either, although he actually started the semi final in the absence of Aaron Masses and, and had a, a very solid 40 minutes that day. But you know, those, those kind of players now are maybe coming to the end of their careers. Obviously, Ronan Sweeney hung up the boots last year following the injury as well. Um, this year as well, they were missing James Murray, who, who's been a big, big leader in their half-back line over the last couple of years and was a big part of their Leinster final win a few years ago. Uh, he, he was away. Eddie Heavey was missing as well out of the half-forward line. So they have been missing a couple of players um, and that's just maybe tested the, the real the strength of the panel. Um, they don't have a huge amount of young players coming through, although they still do have a couple of players who have um, made their mark in the last couple of years. Like if Adam Sweeney hasn't played too much this year, but Mark McDermott um, was very good last year, not so much this season, hasn't played as much as well. But yeah, it's it'll be an interesting time to watch Morfield over the next couple of years and um, see how, how they can replace the, the likes of Daryl Flynn if, if he does uh, start to consider his future because, um, you know, they, they not just what they've done on the pitch, they've had some immense leaders in the dressing room, um, you know, Ronan Sweeney, Ross Glavin as well as, as a player and a manager, Daryl Flynn, David White. These guys are kind of once in a generation people uh, and uh, as much as they can set the standards for the next generation who are going to come through, 
they are still going to be very, very hard people to replace. Um, you know, as I said, but I would, I definitely won't write Murphy off because um, they, they still are a side who generally they turn on big performances when they're needed. Um, and for as I said, a lot of a lot of the game on Saturday, even though a tie played very, very well, definitely in the second half, it felt like things were going Moorfield's way. And it was just that one moment, that one goal, that one chance that a tie were able to create uh, and were able to take that kind of swung the game in their favour. Um, again, not to say that Moorfield were totally dominant or, or were brilliant or anything like that. Um, a tie certainly for, for long periods themselves were very, very good. But just the way the game was turning in the second half, it felt like Moorfield uh, were in very, very familiar territory. But uh, that that Danny O'Keefe goal was the decisive moment. Yeah, certainly be interesting to see it going forward. Uh, Jared, thanks very much for that. We'll be in touch when it comes to the county championship. Much appreciated. Fingers crossed we get the games played. Anyway. We're looking forward to some good action now in the next few weeks if we can get uh, everything going ahead like we like we hope. This weekend, Galway saw the finale to the Senior Football Championship. And joining me to discuss is Kean O'Connell of GA.ie. Kean, how are you? Good, Ross. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. The Cup is headed to West Galway. Yeah, my Cullen, their first ever county title. It was great scenes of jubilation in the Pier Stadium. But my Cullen have been knocking on the door, Ross, for a number of years in Galway. They reached a quarterfinal two years ago and Last year in the semi-final, they were very unfortunate against uh, Tune Stars. They led in that game, but Tune Stars finished really strongly in that match and they advanced it to the county final. But this year, my Colin, they've been bolstered by the arrival of a couple of good additions, including Antrim's Owen Gallagher, who was very prominent again in the county final, scoring two points and helping cre create a, another goal. He was uh, involved with them this year, as was Tom Clark, a midfielder who... Missed out on uh, Knockmore's county victory in Mayo. That, that'd be his home club. But he was an influential figure, really, for, for my Cullen throughout this campaign. But they were worthy winners like, of a really, really exciting Galway Championship. Last week's semi-finals threw up two particularly interesting matches. My Cullen got revenge against Shum Stars, and that was a really top-quality game. They, they beat Shum Stars after a gripping match. And then in the second semi-final... Uh, Mount Bellio Mylock stunned Curafin. It, it was strange because other years Mount Bellio Mylock were fancied to, to take down Curafin. This year there wasn't as much talk about that, but this was the year that they ended up beating Curafin, who hadn't lost a game in Galway since 2012. So it was really set up for a novel final, and it, it didn't disappoint. The final was a, was a really high quality game again too. Conditions didn't seem to be the best out in, uh, out in Salt Hill today. How did the, the game power pan out? Yeah, no, the conditions, it was, it, was a, it was a blustery enough day. It wasn't, the conditions weren't great, but it, it was a really good game of football. And the, the two teams deserve credit because they both, they both went for the game in that they, it wasn't overly tactical or it wasn't overly defensive, really. And both teams adopted an attacking style, if, if, you, if you want to call it that. And at halftime was delicately poised, seven points each. And there was little, little or nothing between the teams. Montpellier were... Very efficient. They scored the first five efforts at goal and that, that, that five points to three up. But my Cullen came back into it then as the half went on. And they have a really exciting player in Desi Keneally, who was the captain. He scored 1-9 in the final and uh, he's 22 now. And so he'd be a young captain, but he had a good underage pedigree playing in an All-Ireland minor and under-21 finals for Galway. He played in the under-21 final against Dublin in 2017. And uh, he was just out of minor that year and he was 
like he'd be viewed as a very very exciting player in Galway but he was he was brilliant in, in the final scored 1-9 scored my Collins first six points Owen Gallagher the aforementioned Owen Gallagher he got their seven points just on, on the stroke of half time and that put the teams in level at seven each at, at the break then immediately after half time Barry McHugh scored a point from a free from Mount but then Desi Keneally scored a breathtaking goal. It was a blistering shot and that kind of injected Mike Cullen's challenge, really. That, that kind of spurred them on to an extent. However, Mount did come back. They got a goal themselves from a penalty. Then Gallagher made it an incisive run through the heart of the, the Mount Bellew defence. It was a brilliant run. And Connor Bohan, who's an experienced player for Mike Cullen, he'd be a really good club player in Galway for the past decade and he's an eye for goal and he, he stuck it when he got his chance. But it was... It was great for Mike Cullen, great for the game in Galway because Mike Cullen hadn't contested a county final since 1977 and to win their first one, Mount Bellew, they, they last won in 1986 and they've been beaten in several finals since. Maybe they'd be a strong traditional force in Galway, but for, for everyone in Galway, Curfin obviously have set such a, a high standard and the bar has been, the club football in Galway would be good, but it's, it's good for all the other clubs and you'd have a chasing pack of maybe four or five other clubs who'd fancy themselves, the likes of Tune Stairs, Salt Hill, Nakara, Anna Down, who were in the same group as, as Mike Cullen and Mount Bellew and my lock. They went close against Curfin a couple of years ago too. So you'd have, you'd have five or six teams who would have felt that they weren't too far behind Curfin, who obviously were out in front maybe for the past decade. But a, a cluster of those teams would, would, would have felt that they could make a breakthrough. And the, the fact that Mike Cullen have done that, I'm, I'm sure will give hope to, to other clubs. And, and that's what it's all about really, Ross. Absolutely. Um, the aforementioned Curve Finn were beaten by Mount Bellio and Moylock in the semi-final. Would it be disingenuous to say that they were that was their final or did Moy Cullen grab by the score for the neck? Yeah, Mount Bellio and Moylock, they went so close a couple of years ago against Curve Finn and they led by a point in injury time and Curve Finn, just being the class outfit that they are, managed to, to dig out the draw and then won the replay comfortably and last year Again, Toom Stars took Curfin to to a replay, and Toom Stars had chances in 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 the first game. They could have they could have taken Curfin down, but Curfin generally in the last couple of years, once they got out of Galway, they really powered on after that, and they they were they were very convincing in Connacht, and especially on the All Ireland stages to win three All Irelands in a row, and they're they're a team that will will always set the benchmark for for our club teams and the manner in which I don't think. Going into the into the final, Mount Bellio, my lock, and my Cullen, For me, it was a complete 50-50 game. Uh, consider, like obviously, Mount Bellio, my lock, did ever so well to to defeat Curfin, and it was a defeat that few people would have seen coming, considering Curfin had sauntered through through the group stages, and then they they defeated Salt Hill Nakara heavily at the quarter final stage. But Mount Bellio, my lock, managed by Val Daly. They have Michael Daly on the Galway panel. You have Owen Finnerty who scored six points against Curafin. Then you have other players that have played for Galway, the likes of Barry McHugh. So they, they, they have plenty of, of quality that have, that have played at a, at, a, at, a, at a very good level at inter-county football. Val Daly, often referred to as perhaps the best Galway footballer not to win in All-Ireland. Like he was very unfortunate that he was player-manager of the Galway footballers in '97. Well, we went on obviously to win the, the All Ireland in 1998. But Val Daly, his his intercounty career spanned maybe the previous decade and a half, and he was viewed as a like as a brilliant Galway player, and he continues to to 
to coach and train teams in Galway. And they were unlucky because they were missing John Daly, who had played really well for Galway in the Allianz Football League earlier in the year. And he'd be, a, he'd be an influential figure for Mount Bellevue. So he was, he was a big loss for them. My calling, though, they could point to the fact that Peter Cook uh, is, is in the States at the moment. He was a good player for Galway for the past couple of years. He scored four points from play against Mayo last year in the Gaelic grounds when Galway were beaten in the championship by, by Mayo. So both teams were missing very important players, if you want to call it that. Obviously, Peter Cook has been gone all year and, and Michael Daly got injured during the year. But uh, no, I, I don't think what it'd be... I don't think it'd be fair to say that that was their final simply because like Montpellier and Mylock, they haven't won a county since 1986 and they've come ever so close in the in the intervening intervening decades and they obviously produced a, uh, a dynamic display to beat Curafin but they would have known that Mike Cullen were, were a dangerous team and Mike Cullen beat Montpellier and Mylock handsomely in a, a dead rubber group match when both teams had already advanced from the group so they would have known all about Mike Cullen's quality. As you've highlighted already, the game was played in a, an attacking fashion, very much in the template of a poor Joyce. Would Mr. Joyce have seen anything that uh, impressed them today or even over the course of the championship for lads to come in for the wintertime? Yeah, it's, it's been a, similar to everywhere else, really. It's been a particularly exciting championship in Galway and the schedule and the fact that the games have come thick and fast. It's, it's like it's lent itself to a really, really exciting championship, especially the closing stages with the quarterfinals on. We had several really good games today in the county final. Desi Keneally, for him to score 1-9, he's a player that came on against uh, Tyrone in the Allianz Football League and he's been knocking on the, the door of the, the Galway panel. So he will surely have be warrant some sort of inclusion in the upcoming league and championship games. He, he was outstanding in the final, really classy player with, with loads of skill and he, he's very accurate in attack too. So he he's a player that mightn't be known as well outside of Galway, but he's a player worth keeping an eye on, Ross, over the, the, the coming weeks, months and, and, and year. Others that would have played for Galway, you'd Garrett Bradshaw in the county final. He was influential too for Mike Cullen when the, when the need was was great in the second half when Montbellio Mylock were beginning to pose questions. Garrett Bradshaw, he he stood up. Montbellio Mylock side, you have Michael Daly, of course, is a is a an established player with Galway now. He has has so much to offer going forward. Owen Finnerty last week, excellent against Curafin, kicking six points from play, scored one two in the in the county final. He's a He's been bothered maybe by injury in the last couple of years. He also played alongside Desi Keneally in that 2017 under-21 final against a Dublin team that you had the likes of Owen Merchant, Conal Callahan, Brian Howard, Evan Comerford was in goals, others that have played for the Dubs, uh, Darren Gavin, a few more. You've, you've, you've maybe eight or nine players that have, ten even, that have played for Dublin in, in the league and championship. That Galway the same, Galway got a, got a good bounty of players from from that team too. So yeah, you have you have plenty of talent coming through through in Galway. So Park Joyce, he is he has lots of options. Just it'll be interesting to see. Obviously Galway have two uh, league games remaining against Mayo and Dublin. They play Mayo and Tune Stadium on uh, Sunday week and then they the dubs come to, to Pierce Stadium the following week. So they're really good matches to get ahead of ahead of the ahead of the Connacht Championship. And it, it will be really interesting to see the approach that's adopted by Park Joyce and, and every other intercounty manager because you have to 
I'm sure put a lot of emphasis on the club form because it's, it's seven months now since we've had inter-county action. Absolutely. And do you think, given that it's going to be a winter championship, will it be horses for courses and is, will there be a slightly different style of play given the conditions that are going to be on offer? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question, but like people in the West would point to the fact that Galway were motoring well in, in the Allianz Football League in from the end of January, February into the beginning of March and they, they, they've been playing good football, a good standard of football. For Joyce, as he often says, the fastest way to move the ball is to is to kick it by foot, as he as he frequently refers to in his interviews. And he definitely wants to adopt that approach with Galway. And Galway generally have the attacking flair to to implement that philosophy. Obviously, when the conditions are are, are demanding in in November and December, hopefully for for Galway, it will be it will be tough and it will be hard to impl- implement that style perhaps at at times. However, the flip side of that is the inter-county games will take place on the best quality pitches available at that time of the year and sure Crow Park, Stuart Wilson and the ground staff at Crow Park will have it in, in pristine condition for, for the All-Ireland series from December on. Hopefully so. We've got your time. Ken O'Connell of GAA.ie. Thank you very much. No problem. So, slot Neil, 11 points, Marafelt, 1-4 in the Derry Club final today. Michael McMull- Mac- McMullen is back with us today to talk about it. Michael, talk us through your, uh, today's encounter. You backed slot Neil last week and uh, your prediction came true. Yeah, um, I felt they would win because um, in tight championship games, the team with the better forward end always comes through. But in actual fact, it was so cagey today that it was actually a day when defenders came up and chipped in with points. Um, it was every bit as intriguing as I thought it was going to be. The teams met each other a couple of years ago and it was really cagey and today was exactly the same. To give you an example, uh, Maher felt kept the ball for like two and a half minutes as it started again. You know, before they shot a wide uh, and when Slangnail won the kick out, they kept the ball for another four minutes before they shot a, a chance. So that's how cagey it was. Um, Maher felt, as I said to you last week, an excellent, an excellently drilled team. You know, team being the word. And Slatnil had a kicking game that basically tore everything in front of it. And the, the, the talk all week was, you know, what system was going to win. Slantdale won today, I felt, because under their previous manager, Mickey Moore, he had an excellent possession-based game. It was all keep ball. And Slantdale were able to revert back to that today. Um, they went 2-0 up. Sorry, it, 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 was, it, was, it, was, it was Casey Arrow. They went 4-2 up, sorry. And um, they were able to hold Maher felt off at that stage and keep their noses in front. And... Uh, Apart from Maherfeld getting a goal in the middle of the second half, you know, which I think it brought back to two points, there was never real danger of a comeback, you know, um, because Slantdale was just so controlled. And late on, they they moved their sweeper Jared Monon, who's a really, you know, tall player. They moved him to full forward to see could they get a goal. It didn't work. Uh, they had a couple of goal chances. Um, one of them was saved by Anton McMullen. 
the other one they dropped in short, Patsy Bradley made a, a big catch right on the line. So Mara felt we're never going to get that goal, sorry, that second goal they needed. And, um, you know, and in particular, Chrissy McKaig was excellent. He actually played, and he has played like a man possessed in the past few games, you know. And I, I interviewed him after today's game, and he was saying the fact that for the past two seasons, Slantnail hadn't even got to the final, you know, and after one and four in a row, and having who, you know, you know, they were beaten by the, the champions, Coleraine, two years ago, and they're beaten last year by Glenn. And Chrissy said the bottom line is they didn't deserve to get any further. So even the body language of him today was enough to tell you that they were on a mission. And uh, and the fact that they that they beat the champions in the final, you know, it leaves it a very, very hard earned championship for them. Yeah, and you're mentioning it was a, a KG counter. Um teams weren't really committing to attack very early on. Um were they was it the matter really that Slot Neil maybe had the better forwards on, on the day um to, to win the match, I suppose, because they got eleven scores in comparison to Marathon's five. Yeah, they did, but you know, Shane McGuigan had scored four forty five before today, and I think by the first water break he'd only touched the ball once. Okay. You know, and out of that four forty-five, I think it was three twenty, three twenty-nine from play. But by the first water break, he, as I say, he had touched the ball once. You know, that's the sort of game it was. Um, and he, it's, it's probably difficult to, you know, appreciate it when we're just on an audio here. But it was literally keep ball, and you could nearly sense it. Maher felt because they were behind, they started to take a wee bit more of a chance with their pass and Slantonale would nip in and just get enough possessions to, you know, to keep them going forward. And as I said to you earlier, because they played that type of football before, it came second nature to them. And when the game opened up, as you quite rightly said, you know, a game that that's never going to be cagey for the whole of it, you know, it's going to eventually kick into some sort of action and it did, but, you know, Sammy Bradley up front for Slantdale was pretty sharp and he, he actually was very good against Glenn and he was the link. You know, he was always present. Like when whenever like people talk about Maher Felt being defensive, Slantdale were equally defensive. They both played exactly the same way. Um, and the fact that, you know, they, whenever they put everybody behind the ball, Sammy Bradley always played up. He always was the first person to go up to be the target. Um, it was just a really weird game, you know. It, it definitely, you know, it definitely wasn't an entertaining game. There's no doubt about that. Was it the game everybody expected to be? Certainly. And I suppose for people like myself, you actually, it's not that you enjoyed how how laborious it was at the start because it was laborious. You enjoy sort of the intrigue of seeing how it eventually pans out. Um, and uh, how each team sussed each other out. At halftime, Maher felt made a tactical move. They, they, Connor McCluskey, who's probably one of the best defenders about at the moment, um, I think he'll, he'll turn into one of the best defenders in Ulster in, in years to come. It's a name to look out for. He's a man marker. He can run. He can score. He actually scored the first point of the game. As he, as he was marking. And by the second half, Maher felt reshuffled their defence and put him out to right half back. And he sort of 
helped to keep the game and get Mutterfeld back into it. And that was how they got back into it because they didn't get enough out of their forward line. And it was, um, you know, he was really that axis between him and Connor Cairns and goalkeeper Warren Lynch, who was excellent on his kickouts. But Maharvel's problem was, you know, they were winning their kickouts, but they couldn't get it through midfield. They just couldn't have any penetration to really hurt Slatnail. And, you know, that's probably where they fell down. How good was Slotnail's defensive setup there? I mean, how did they set up? Was it just w- one sweeper? Or like, were they playing maybe more some of the forwards in, in the back line as well? Um, well, first of all, Maharfelt played with their usual Jared Monaghan as a sweeper. Mm. And, you know, a dedicated sweeper. As soon as they lose possession, he drops back. Patsy Bradley did the exact same job for Slotnail. You know, uh, just nearly like a defensive midfielder, always back in front. Um, and with Maharfelt playing two up, um, there was a, a guy, Connor McAllister, he played out around midfield and he actually ended up getting a point. You know, so it was nearly a, a day for, like, for example, Chrissy McCaig wore, wore number six, got two points. Brenton Rogers wore number three, got a point. Frank McAldowney, a, a noted defender, um, a point. Connor McAllister, a defender, a point. You know, so that tells you the sort of game that it was. And it was the same for Maher Felt. Maher Felt's two players best two players were Connor Cairns and Connor McCluskey, their wing halfbacks. So that's exactly the way the game was. Um, and as I touched on earlier, it's, it was, I wasn't surprised the way it turned out. Um, I expected it to be a tight game. I expected Slanghill to win. And I expected it to follow the exact same pattern. Yeah, and it certainly it sounds like a cagey affair. A uh, good tactical battle. And Creasy McKay, you just mentioned it there. I read it online. He, he was fantastic today. He obviously really put in a massive shift, um, not just today, but as you said, the whole championship. He did. Um, he's a sort of a he's a very driven individual. You know, sort of. I don't think there's many many like that around at the moment. And he's just absolutely single-minded about everything that he does, and he probably doesn't care what people think. He just. You know, he's got that inner drive and he's actually managing uh, he's managing Desert Martin, who are in next Sunday's junior final, you know, and on Friday night they won their semi final and he was like literally kicking every ball up and down the sideline, you know, like you know, like Martin O'Neill style management, you know, and he was buzzing. And I remember thinking, is he gonna have any energy left for Sunday? You know, because <laughs> you know, to be fair, managing a team, you know, your head's buzzing. You're up for it. It probably takes you a wee while to come down after it, you know, and then to go into a county final, um, you know, to, needing a performance, and he, he did deliver. You know, he sort of delivered in a strange sort of way. He was all all action, but at the same time, he was cool in what he did, and you know, he basically he directed the whole team, the way that they played, who went where, you know, when the pass was made. He was very much the heartbeat of the team. Um, and then, incidentally, his brother, Kjar, who, who was actually named as captain this year, and he got injured earlier on in the year and missed all of Derry's campaign. Um, but, you know, Shane McGuigan asked him today to go up and lift the cup along with him. So, um, you know, that was slightly missing one of, their, you know, one of their, their main defenders. And I would definitely, I would put Conor McCluskey up on that. Um, bracket of players, I can't speak highly enough of them, you know. And as I say, you know, your listeners, you know, when, if they're following Derry over the next wee while, they'll hear that name, you know, Conor McCluskey, and um, he's one to look out for. 
Yeah, excellent. And I suppose if going forward, Slot Neil, that you would think obviously the pedigree of the club themselves, they'd be disappointed there's no All Ireland uh, championship to come because they probably would fancy their chances going forward. Yeah, well, like Michael McShane, the hurling manager, said the exact same thing. When you mentioned it, um, you know, whenever you mentioned it before they actually won the championship, it was always sort of talked down, talked down. But he said the same. And today, Paul Bradley, you know, he, he said in the interview, he says uh, he, he rates the provincial championships as the GA's best competition. Um, you know, and I suppose he, he has actually got three Ulster club medals himself as a player. So that was his take on it. And Shane McGuigan, the, the captain, I asked him the same question, you know, what's your take on Ulster? And he says, you know, uh, we want it. You know, even you have to wait until January. We want it. You know, play the county now. Um, but in fairness, as we're talking here, so the COVID thing could close everything down, you know. <laughs> Let's not forget yeah. about that. But, yeah. you know, uh, parking that all, and just talking purely GA-based, um, like everybody I spoke to today um, spoke about, you know, wanting a provincial series. The hurling manager said the same. Uh, you know, the intermediate uh, hurling managers were the same. You know, they want it. You know, there's an appetite for the club game. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, in fairness, the club players are going to have to get a rest as well because they're going to be playing for their county. So have to factor in rest as well. <laughs> you know, that's the, other, that's the other side of it. We're, we're, we're being selfish. We want everything, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're just obviously, the, uh, we were talking last week about the match where it's going to be played. And we, I was looking at the pictures today. There was They were kind of floating about online. Uh, what was the attendance there today? It seemed kind of fairly packed. Uh, there was a big crowd there. I wouldn't have any idea. Terrible yeah. at guessing crowds, but there was a there was quite a crowd there. Like the intermediate game before it was played behind closed doors, so right. there wasn't a center. There wasn't a center at it at all, you know. And then this the second one, um, uh, there's was fairly packed now. You know, there's a good crowd in, but again, I wouldn't have any idea of an, an actual attendance, but. Uh, they look to be more than the four hundred. <laughs> well, anyway, it was, it was it's good to see it's good to see some spectators get to see the the match itself. And you 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 were uh, at the intermediate match today. Obviously, says behind closed doors. How did that go? Yeah, uh, Green Lock won that. Um, that was their fourth intermediate title. Um, they won it in twenty fifteen. And Endelin, that's that's his club. And Niall Lachlan, who are both in the dairy panel. Uh, they were playing Steelstown, who have never won a championship of any description. And to be fair, there was today was probably their best chance. You know, they were they got off to a really good start. Like if you ask, you know, you know, an underdog, even though I did expect them, well, not expect them, I fancied them to win. You know, if, if, I just liked the the way they had been playing, but they were seen as underdogs, and they got two 0 ahead. You know, so you can't ask for much better and adapted really well to the conditions because whereas it was dry for the senior game, it never stopped raining all during the intermediate game. Um, you know, it was tough for players. You know, when you think about it too, when you think about a county final, you think about a big crowd, you think about good conditions, flags mm -hmm. up around the area, all the wee bits and pieces of razzmatazz that you associate with it. And here you have the worst day of the year. <laughs> In front of new supporters, you know it was it was surreal. But as I said, the Steelstown had got themselves into a decent position. But by half time, Greenlock um, were a point up, 
But I would say about probably 40 or so seconds into the second half, Steelstown got a real cracker of a goal. A guy, Cahar McMonagall, um, showed a great first touch and just hammered it into the back of the net. And Steelstown got the next two points. And to be honest, they looked like they were going to do it. And at the other end of the pitch, there was a couple of goal line clearances and you know, there was a pass that nearly put Endelin in for a goal and was intercepted. And you sort of get the feel that the wee things that go for you when you're going to win. But Steelstown completely lost their way. Um, they strangely took off um, Mark Foley and Owen Bradley, who were doing quite well for them. And uh, they brought on Stephen Cleary as a sub, who had been one of their best players probably a decade ago. And he's back after spending a bit of time overseas working for Adidas and sort of marketing. But they brought him on. And I don't think he touched the ball. They couldn't get the ball to him. And, you know, their attacks kept failing. And then slowly but surely, you know, Greenlock sort of found their feet. And all Greenlock's experienced players, you know, came to the fore. Brian McCallion, a really, a really important, influential player for them, won a couple of kickouts. A fella, Chrissy Kearney, in their defence, like an unsung hero, just he never wasted a ball. And where Steelstown were giving away possession, Greenlock were taking the right option, and you know, and going into stoppage time, they're a point up, and they got a they got a very lucky goal. The Steelstown keeper, you know, it was unfortunate because he's a brilliant keeper. Marty Dunn, he he misplaced a pass, and Greenlock uh, put it into the back of the net. A four point lead probably flattered them a wee bit, but they they definitely deserved to win. Um, and say that was their fourth title and, and their first since 2015. And they're managed by former uh, um, Derry player Joe Cassidy, who would have won Ulster club medals with Balahi. And he was, a, he was a green lock manager when they won it um, in 2015. So there was a link there. But um, just, it, was re- it was very strange in front of, a, in front of a, you know, an, empty, an empty stadium. It was, it was, it was weird. Certainly, yeah. For, for a big final, you'd expect the crowd there. Um, Michael, that was a brilliant summary. Thanks very much. And I'm sure we'll be in touch come the Intercounty Championship, hopefully, to discuss uh, Derry's chances going forward and that. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on and and, and keep keep up the good work. Thanks very much, Michael. Good man. Bye-bye. Cheers. This weekend saw the conclusion of the Offaly Senior Football Championship between Road and Tullamore. Joining me from the Midland and Tullamore Tribune is Kevin Corrigan. Kevin, how are you? Not too bad, Watch. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. So, Kevin, Road took home title number 30. Yeah, number 30. Yeah, 1917. Uh, hard earned in the wild up. A lot hard earned than it should have been, really, because they were they were clearly the better team. They played against the wind in the first half. A real gale force wind blowing down to the Park Avenue goal in O'Connor Park. And. Uh, they were not five to three points on a half time, which is a very good decision. Um, they got well on top in the second half, completely dominated a lot of the, a lot of the play. Uh, they were one nine to one nine to six points up deep into injury time, and Tullamore came back. They got a goal, they got a point, and then a goal from Aaron Levy about five minutes into injury time, and they almost got a winning goal right at the death. A high ball went in. It fell. Uh, Niall McMeesall fell his back and on the end of his own square, sort of had the ball in his hand and was knocked from it. And Jay Poo got it and put into the net and it looked like Tullamore had snatched it. But they were free blue for a free out. And 
far file on far, far foul on Nile McNamee and Ward held on. Now they, they fully deserve to win. You know, in, in fairness, over 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 the balance of the play, it was never a two it was never a two point game. It was never a Tullamore's win. It was uh, it was really a five six seven point game game for for Ward. But that's football, and it can be very strange at times. Certainly can, certainly can. And from your vantage point, I don't want to be end against referees. Did you think the decision was the correct one? Impossible to see, but uh, I was talking to I was talking to um, a war defender after the game just casually, uh, who who was there in that vicinity, and he he um, he said no. He said Nile Nile McNamee was definitely bundled over, uh, and I talked to another couple of people who saw it on um, streaming. Now where where we were, you couldn't see because it was a it was a powder goal mouth, like a packed goal mouth, and you couldn't even see who got the boot of the ball. Um, but um, a couple of other people who saw it on streaming uh, reckoned that it was a free out, all right. But it was one of those ones that. You, you you don't you don't always you don't always get them, and um, like one of the umpires I think looked like he was going for the flag and the referee blew 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 for the free out. But it's but it's hard it's hard to it's hard to say. But I don't think Tullamore be making any hard luck story about that or whatever because if they if they had won it that way like it would it really would have been robbery like but it can happen. Sure can, and I believe uh, the McNamees were to the fore for a road. Ah, they were outstanding. Um, Nine McNamee scored five points, four from play, and a mark uh, just sublime some of his play. Uh, um, and Alan, Alan was incredible. Like he just, he just absolutely defied everything today. Like he's thirty-eight years of age. He's winning his twelfth uh, senior football championship medal, which is a record and awfully. Uh, hadn't played, hadn't started this year because he's been managing injuries and all that. So he was sort of coming on as an impact sub. Most people presumed that would have happened again today, but Tolo Ward had decided during the week um, that's the um, that the war started, but they kept it very closely guarded secret. Even they didn't, they wouldn't even tell the the public address announcers before the game what their what their changes were until until the ball was being thrown in. Really, so uh, so um, they, they really want to keep it secret. But that, but Alan was just he he controlled the midfield sector like uh, and some of the balls he kicked in like they were just just unreal. Like he's a he's a fierce competitor and. Uh, Absolutely brilliant. The two of them, I think you could say you could say about the Nile got man in the match, and you can't argue with that five points and some of his play. But I, I think the one thing you can say about the two of them is um, if you could give, could have given a giant man the match, you'd, you'd do that today because they wouldn't have won the final without Nile McNamee, but I don't think they would have won it without Alan either. That's great to see the, the two boys performing so well after such a, a story career about Club and County. Um, tell us about any other standard performers for road. It sounds like they were the dominant team throughout. Well, they, 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 they were the dominant team to throughout, really. I know, haven't said that. Tullamore, Tullamore with the win on their back, um, they had a very good, they, they had a 10 minute spell from the 10th to the 20th minutes where they had a lot of ball, but they kicked a few bad wides. Like they were sort of balls with the wind on the back that just carried out wide, and they were neither, they were neither shots at the post, nor were the, nor were the uh, balls in that they were ball winning full forward Johnny Maloney could win so they, they, they did themselves a lot of harm at that stage and Ward actually got in front uh, there were three points to two up after about 20 minutes and Ward Tullamore got the last three points of the first half which they, they needed to do and they gave them a sort of an outside chance but they were always they were always up against it with that win um, standard performance I suppose in Ward Tullamore's point of view there was there was none they, they certainly had none they certainly had none getting to the calibre of the two McNamies um, Aaron Levy got one two from midfield, and that was important. But um, but there, there was there, there was nobody else on the field. Um, there was nobody else on the field as as, as influential as the two McNamees. Tell us this: throughout the championship, have Road been you know 
crowned as, as champs from far out or have they come with a late surge? I know they've been they've been the best team over the over the year. They're they're they were good in the group, like without without being brilliant. They're, the worst performance actually was in the semi final against Eden Derry. They were very lucky to survive that day, and uh, probably probably should have been beaten that day. Really, like they they, they got the extra time, and uh, it was one of those games for Road where they just their their intensity levels and the play and and the pace that they played their football at was. Was well below its normal level, and even um, Derry almost, even Derry almost got like Wood and Wood were good with the Bertie's side and injury to injury time, but even Derry were pined or in extra time, sorry, but even Derry were pined up in injury time, and they actually won the ball from the kickouts, um, had a mark and uh, didn't claim it, and uh, Wood got the final equalising pint out of that, so they, they could very easily have lost, um, they could very easily have lost that day, but, but over the course of the championship, um, they're they're definitely worthy winners, like the war, the war, the war. Better, the more the better team. Um, Tullamore, of course, um, Tullamore, of course, sort of scraped into the final. Really, like the the they lost the first two games in the group and should have been gone really after that. But uh, but in fairness to them, the Gaudrail won the last game against Lauer. They won a penalty shootout against Forban in the semi final. Um, but they were the better team over the course of the game. So um, and again, they they, they they almost did it at the end. Like it's uh, it's incredible that they were. It's incredible that they were so close to um, to winning, considering that they, they they really only won one game on the field to play all year, like uh, that and the penalty shootout. I saw it's it's um, it was a strange one for Tullamore, but but Tullamore have done that type of thing before. That's an incredible statistic, only one 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 on the uh, on the field of play. And where does that leave them now for the upcoming seasons? Have they uh, a youngish team or are they an, an aging team? Would you say, Kevin? No, Tullamore have um, Tullamore have a young enough team, um, and that was part of the problem today. Was that they they, had, they were they, they threw in a number of young players. Uh, there was probably one, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Definitely six of the team was playing in the first county final. Maybe even seven, but definitely definitely six playing in the first county final. And uh, they they learn a lot from that. Uh, and and they have other lads coming. Coming out a minor that um, that will that will make their senior football team. So you'd imagine that Tullamore, you'd imagine Tullamore will win a championship in the next two or three years. They they should anyway have to hold everybody about and to have a to have a good bit to have a good bit of talent. Like Paul McCann will be the oldest player. Uh, um, he's had a lot of injuries, so he might be he might find it hard to get back um, get back. But 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 beyond him, they're all they're all under thirty. And um, yeah, I think I think Tullamore will come again. That's great. And would uh, John Mahan have seen anything he liked over the last uh, 10, 12 weeks? Any bolters you might think might get into the panel? Ah, he would have been... He would have been happy, I suppose, with the commitment. And uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of good games over the year. The championship format probably played to that. Like uh, even though um, spectators couldn't go to it, there was um, there was no complications with county teams training or anything like that. Clubs had full, full access to players to the players. And while there was a three week lockdown for off the leash and clear that held up a small little bit. Um, it was a, it was a very condensed championship and ran off smoothly. So it, it was actually very good. Probably the best championship I'd seen in a while. Um, in terms of new players, not really at the moment. Like nothing, nothing that I, nothing they would wouldn't have known about. Um, a couple of players might come in the future, and a couple from lower grades you might have a look at. But um, like Kevin McDermott, um, 
maybe even Sean Dolan from St. Ryan is a few few like that who wouldn't be that young like but he'd be 27 or 28 um, Kevin McDermott from Dora is very good in the senior B final which was on beforehand today um, just, there's a few there but, but nothing, nothing that he'd be sort of saying oh geez, I have to get him in this year Yeah well certainly any bit of food for thought and it's good that all his top players would have got games so close together to leave them well primed for a, a final few games in the league and the, the beginning of the championship yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, just just on Aaron Keelan from Road, he'd be a son of uh, Pascal Keelan. He did well today. He sort of missed a couple of chances, but he he got the road goal and the pint and showed for yourself for the ball. So he he he's another one you'd be looking for for the future. Luke Egan from Tullamore, like he didn't he was taken off half time and it just didn't happen for him today. But he'd been very good for Tullamore in the in the build up to the championship. But they're 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 ones for the future. Um, yeah, sure. I suppose it's, it's hard to know how the county thing 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 will go because awfully awfully have stuck rigidly to the rules this year. I'm not sure how well other counties would have been doing the same, but awfully, awfully having to took that decision from day one and it has been honoured. Um, so you, you just you just don't know how they're going to go. And of course, will, will we see a county season at all with the way numbers are going and the way cases are working all over, like and uh, in teams and all that? So it's hard to it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to know. Yeah, very difficult. And with champions yeah, rolling absolutely. out, that's that's the end of uh, end of their, their uh, championship season. It, it'd be disappointing. There's no Leinster championship to look forward to. They'd be disappointed, yeah. They, 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 they would have liked it. And I spoke to the manager, Maliki McNulty, after, and he said he would have loved it. Now, having said that, I'm sure some of the world players won't be too won't be too upset to have a winter off to to recharge your bodies or whatever. Even though they they do love the they do love playing in playing in Leinster, but uh, but um, for the likes of Fallon and I, McNamee and a couple couple a couple of them, um, the break the break won't do them a bit of harm. Even though Nile will be back into Nile will be probably straight back into Offaly, and so will Anton, but. Um, uh, ah, yeah, but um, I suppose that's that's the way it is in the known for a long time that there wasn't going to be Leinster Club Championship this year. That's true. And finally, I suppose, awfully, what would a good remaining league and championship look for? Um, what would a good end of 2020 look like for awfully football? Stay stay up in Division 3. The two league games left against Tipperary and uh, Derry. They open Division 3, which to be hoping to do, they're in a position to do it anyway, but might have to get a pint or two to, 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 to absolutely guarantee it. And um, if they can beat Carlo in the Championship, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be a good season for Offaly and take it from there. Absolutely. And it's, it's certainly up beyond them. Kevin, you've been great with your time. That's Kevin Carrigan, sports editor at the Midland and Tullamore Tribune. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thanks, Ross.